This episode of the Active Topical Banter Show is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at GameflyOffer.com slash RPGamer. There's 8,000 games to choose from streaming directly to your home. I don't have an exit strategy on that line. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the internet. Welcome to the Active Topical Banter Show, RP Gamers Editorial Roundtable Podcast. I am Scott Walker, and joining me tonight for this recording, in no particular order, are my co-hosts. I'm Sam. Hey, I'm Mac, and um, I have no pants on. When are uh, we officially I... changing the podcast name? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Uh, I'm Trent, and I, I have shorts on tonight, but I am also unapologetic in my appreciation of Final Fantasy. <laughs> All right, there we go. Yeah. Uh, so we are taking time out from laughing at E3 to uh, say that, hey, it's the 30th anniversary. Are, are we laughing at E3, or are we crying at E3? I don't know. Are we doing anything at E3 yet? Has it really been a thing it's I mean, an it off been, year. You know, it has been a thing, because Scott and I were talking about this on Twitter in passing, because uh, there was a cyberpunk game that, if we didn't know the backstory of the cyberpunk game, would have been really wonderful really exciting. for a reveal for Xbox One. Uh, but yep. the fact that it was made by uh, uh, like a, a controversial can, can, can figure... I, a controversial figure. I hesitate to use the, the verbiage that I would normally use because it isn't pleasant language, but uh, he, he hails from the gamer-gator community. And it is a dystopia of gamer-gator The belief. ideology of this game has been sculpted under the context of what if everyone had a basic living income and what if feminism ran rampant? Um, which is probably the worst premise for a cyberpunk game ever conceived. Like, like that—that's that, like that—that's literally like ninety, like four out of five Ursula Le, Gu- Le Guin stories, and nothing bad happens in those. So you can't tell me, you know, feminism ram lampant and then Blade Runner. <laughs> but well, while we're talking about crying at E three. Just imagine playing Skyrim with Link's tunic and a Master Sword <laughs> on Switch, because that's a thing that I saw happen. Uh, it's, well, that it's, oh, well, whatever it is, like I, I appreciate the fact that they're willing to implement motion controls, but they I'm haven't not. been they haven't been forthright in regards to whether the special edition content is actually included or if this is just the basic edition. Yeah. I read somewhere that they had confirmed the DLC expansions are included. I would hope so, because if this ends up being just a vanilla release of Skyrim, and then Bethesda declares that the the Switch is not a viable platform because 
basic Skyrim didn't sell in 2017, I would probably flip over every chess piece on the table. Yeah, I I can agree with that, but I think I I can't remember where I haven't. There's been so much news coming out today, and so little information was actually revealed about it. I do believe that they did say it did include the expansions, but did not include any of the you know the modding stuff or the creative stuff that they're going to do. On well, the I given, PC. given how much of a closed system Nintendo consoles tend to be, I mm-hmm. wouldn't expect any of the modding content at all. No. But I feel like Dawn Guard and and uh, obviously all all the additional content that supported the post release Skyrim should be included on the Switch version. If it can run on an Xbox 360, it should be able to run on a Switch, right? Yeah, more or less. That's what they say. That, that's what they're saying. That's what I hear. It better. <laughs> but hey, you get to be Link in uh, the Legend. The, did, did anyone else? The Legend of Zelda like, Scrolls. Yeah, can we did, call did, it that? We can, we, we, we can, we can, but did anyone else notice how uh, horrible Link's hair looks in that outfit? Well, it's almost like uh, it's a Bethesda person, so, you know, their hair is terrible. It's weird, though, because the Master Sword looks great, and his outfit, his tunic looks great, and then you see this, like, this mullet, this blonde mullet that looks awful. <laughs> Man, uh, but we are we're here tonight to talk about what the fi- the anniversary of fi- the 30th anniversary of Final Fantasy means to us. And I want to kick us off with Mac because he has been digging through this for you know the past six months, trying to find out what it all means, rediscovering rediscovering the Final Fantasy on the open road. I have. That's kind of what I started the year doing. Is just something sparked within me, you know, it's the 30th anniversary, there's been very little, at least to this point, from Square Enix about it. They had, you know, their own little Japanese press conference that they did very little with, and who knows, it's still E3 time, and we're recording right before the Sony conference, so maybe they'll do something, you know, that we'll get to see here with the 30th anniversary. There was a rumored 30th anniversary collection that was, you know, a possibility, but who knows. So what I decided to do at the start of this year was put some time into, I don't want to say play completely, I just say I wanted to put some time into every mainline Final Fantasy game from 1 to 15, MMOs included, and some spinoffs, you know, just kind of as as they seemed relevant or as I could find time to squeeze in to where I could say each week I at least put a little bit of time into a Final Fantasy game. I've ended up beating like Final Fantasy 1 on PSP. I played a little bit of Final Fantasy 3 on PSP, which was the same as the DS version. Um, played a little bit of Final Fantasy 4, the complete collection. Want to go back to that a little more, just barely touched on that. Played a little bit of 5 Advance on Game Boy Advance. Played a little bit of 6 on the um, like PS1, like on PSP, the PS1 version, just to see how bad the slowdown was. Um, I don't want to go back and play that one. I was just testing it out just to see if it was really as bad as it sounds. And yes, it is. Um, Haven't touched seven or eight yet. Well, you've got to save the sacred cow for the holidays, right? But I want to replay or at least touch on those. I played through Final Fantasy IX, which had been the one I'd played the furthest back. Um, Just now starting up on Final Fantasy X, trying to, you know, get a little bit of progress in that. Finished off Final Fantasy XI completely. All of the expansions, all of the main storylines, 
and even the last free expansion they released in 2015. So that's like 12, 13 years worth of MMO that I've finished the whole story for. I haven't touched 13 or 12. I'm waiting on Zodiac Age to play 12 again. I did play the demo in GameStop, but that barely counts. And played through quite a bit of 14. I beat Heavensward at the beginning of the year and played through some of the DLC for 15. So that's just what I've been wanting to do this year is since, you know, it is a big major gaming series in my life to at least go back and touch on all of these. And I've touched some of the other games too, you know, like Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, going to try play some more tactics, some of the, you know, the DS games, the Crystal Chronicles games on DS, just some other things just here and there just to kind of get a feel for it because, you know, I know there's a love and hate for the series, but I wanted yeah. to at least kind of go back and see, you know, where they'd been, where they'd come from, all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's it's actually interesting how uh, I would say eclectic this podcast is because I know I know we have uh, obviously Scott is very much into the the tabletop uh, pen and paper as well uh, type of RPG, uh, and I know he's also very interested in, in PC games. Uh, I, Scott, I don't know what your personal affinity to. Uh, the Final Fantasy games, but I, I know that Sam, in particular, uh, is is much more supportive of non Square Enix uh, JRPGs. Uh, to her credit, I would say, because uh, she tends to review quite a bit of them to, for the site. Whereas, uh, obviously, Mac and myself tend to skew more towards the Final Fantasy games. That's fair to say, at least on my part. I'll let you speak for me on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I guess um, there, there's one thing I want to put put a pin in uh, that I definitely want to come back to is the idea of what Square Enix is doing this year. That might be something to close out on. But I guess stepping back to what Final Fantasy is to me is that there was a period when I was entering high school where um, there wasn't just a there wasn't a lot of money to go around, and so I really didn't get to get new games and our home pc was not exactly up to snuff it was kind of cobbled cobbled together out of secondhand parts and um yeah half of it worked at a time cd-rom drive never did (laughs) but uh during that time i uh fell into a hole for emulation because hey you know, no one's really gonna bust you, bust your kneecaps if you start playing old NES games at home, right? They shouldn't. Yeah, um, we can talk about piracy <laughs> in a different episode, and I think that'll be interesting. I, I fell down an emulation hole, and it was like, okay, I had been playing, you know, the a lot of what are, I guess, are the late '90s, early 2000s marquee computer RPGs at the time, and I took it upon myself to say, what does the other side have? So I just started playing RPGs that came out on the NES. Uh, just, you know, pecking and pecking at them at random. And I started going through the entire Final Fantasy series in order. And I guess it, it's it's this weird thing where, you know, what I discovered was that, you know, there was very clearly a point where this was... File as much of the serial numbers off D&D as you could get, you thought you could, and uh, just just tell a story where you walk around and beat things up a lot. And the, st- the storytelling got better, and it stepped farther and farther away from D&D, and 
there's a point where the franchise does break from that and it it stops being you know it, it starts really doing this crazy science fictiony stuff and it stops being you know necessarily story focused and starts being setting focused and uh, or like setting first writing and you know even entering into it now feels just so alien from where it started so obviously you're talking about Final Fantasy 13, right? Well, I mean, uh, no, <laughs> you didn't like play 13. I, I didn't touch 13, but even like say like seven and uh, ten and uh, twelve are very very setting first sort of stories where it's clear that the team built a world and then and then populated it as opposed to working yeah. from a character out the way uh, Final Fantasy four and five do. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty fair. Yeah, yeah, definitely because. The original games that were out there, you know, the the ones that you were talking about that everybody that's probably 25 plus maybe has gotten into were the old school stuff. You at least had a taste of those um, if you got into RPGs at that time. So coming back and getting into stuff like if you started with anything before Final Fantasy VII, it kind of gives you a, a good idea of the setting and style they had, you know, the Sakaguchi stuff that he founded from Final Fantasy 1 on through 6, they had a similar feel to them. And I think that's what a lot of people say whenever you hear somebody say, well, that doesn't feel like a Final Fantasy. It tends to be whatever game they either started with or identify with most or just have a strong attachment to they'll say, well, that doesn't feel like a Final Fantasy because it doesn't feel like Final Fantasy VI. Or that doesn't feel like a Final Fantasy because it doesn't feel like Final Fantasy VII or IV or whatever. And that's such a strange way to go about things. And I can understand that people really have attachments to those things, but there's been 15 main games and there's been tons and tons of side games in there. It's hard to really just look at one and say, this is definitively what the Final Fantasy series is. There's a lot of diversity there, and that's what I appreciate about the series, is that it doesn't just give you you know, one thing to stick with, and that's it. You have variety. You have different kinds of things that you can get into. It's, it's just nice to have that, and that's what I like about the series and appreciate it, is even though I have that early on you know, attachment, it's not exactly so hardcore that I can't enjoy the other stuff that's come after. Well, okay, so, well, I think for a lot of people, your first taste is your taste maker, right? They... You know, in any long-running franchise, you're always going to be looking for the one that reminds you of why you 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 die you dove into it first, right? As a guy who started watching Doctor Who because he really liked Douglas Adams, and that was about it. You know, the the ser- the series from Doctor Number Nine on is me waiting around for something that feels like Douglas Adams sci-fi again. And obviously, I'm never going to get that, but it's it's something that I keep. That this is something that carries across a whole bunch of different spheres. Everyone, you know, everyone reading comics wants it to be like when you first picked it up. X-Men's a great example of this where, you know, depending on who, depending on when you jumped in as a crew, with which creative team, that's going to be what that bunch of characters is. And you're just going to sit around and wait for someone to reset it to something that feels like that. And... For me, in Final Fantasy, I played through all of them in release order, including ones that didn't get translated officially 
till much later. And so when I hit seven, um, I never finished it, but I, I did try to play it and eight, and I think I t- started to zone out at nine and tried ten for a bit and so on. But what happened was that the things that were drastically different and weird and interesting stayed that way and got worse, at least from where I, my taste was sitting, is like the, the crazy designs and the crazy science fiction and the, you know, complicated, weird, esoteric stuff that drives the plot just got bigger and worse for me. And I think that's fair, because I'm kind of in a similar boat. I mean, and I think I'm the only one who hasn't talked about where I come from in the Final Fantasy realm here. For me, I've always been more of an Enix girl than a Square girl. It's just how I've always been. For me, Final Fantasy has is a it's a it is a huge part of my childhood in a lot of ways. Um, I played one and four and six on my grandmother's, you know, super uh, sorry her NES uh, that she had in the house, and my brother and I and my cousins, you know, we take turns playing, and you know, it was a it was a good communal thing. But I was the one that ended up really getting into it. Um, then I got to games like. Seven, which, you know, as much as I rag on Seven, because Seven has some absolutely stupid things about it, I've actually beaten Seven three times, because there's still parts of it that I absolutely adore, and uh, I just couldn't get enough of. And then, you know, we get to games like Eight and Nine. Nine I actually like a lot, but I think that's because Nine goes back to its roots of being a fantasy game. Well, it, it's a it's a cover band for... For five and six, right? Yeah. Whereas eight, eight is my most hated of the bunch because I just think eight is this toxic hot mess with so much girl hate and everything else that I just, I remember I got it and I beat it and I was like, well, that sucked. <laughs> and my mom going, I, I, I gave you, I gave you this for your birthday. Like, I thought you'd be so happy. I'm like, I thought I would awful. be. I thought I would be too. I said the and only then thing I, I drew cared mana. about. I was like, the only thing I cared about was triple triad. And mom was <laughs> oh, like, Ugh. and mom, my mom just looked at me funny. She was just like, okay, lesson learned, <laughs> <laughs> right? And my mom was always like, I was very fortunate. I had a parent who was very supportive of my video game habit. In that my mom liked to watch me play games and she liked to ask me questions and Final Fantasy was always sort of for her like this this easy button, right? It was like, I can buy Sam a new Final Fantasy. This is great. <laughs> and then when I started to veer away from it, she was like, Well shit, now what? I now mean, what do I buy her? Oh, Tails. I yeah, can get away ta- with Tails. Tails is easy. I can find that in the store pretty easy. Um yeah. my, my actual favorite Final Fantasy is Tactics. Tactics is the one I've actually beaten more than seven. I have beaten it six times. Wow. Uh, I love that game. And I love that game because it has a lot of versatility. There's so many ways in which you can, you know, complete different objectives, um, deal with a lot of the different battles. Um, I still have my, my, my cheap ways of dealing with certain battles. Like the Vigraf battle is still one of the most difficult and painful battles in that game. And I always like to do the, I'm going to have two ninja swords and heavy armor. And oh man, he's going to die this way. It's going to be great. Um, but that's just it. Like I, I was in this kind of phase where it's like, I like the fantasy part of Final Fantasy. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's what I always gravitated towards. Um, when it became more like, and I won't actually speak about 10 because 10 is one I've actually never finished and I actually am playing it now and 
actually getting into it, which is kind of great. Um, but I could never get into 12 for whatever reason. I, I tried, I tried, I tried. 13, I remember Max sent me as a gift, and I finished it, <laughs> and I did not so enjoy sorry. it <laughs> in the doesn't, slightest. Doesn't sound like much of a gift, does it? Oh, stop. <laughs> Sam has this history it's the gift that keeps of, on giving. Sam has a history of gift Final Fantasies not being... Uh, Quite so. I remember the first few times I took stabs at Final Fantasy XII. It was a bit dense to get into. It might just be because it wasn't um, a, a version of the game that had a job system and, and a bunch of versatility to the character and skill development and progression systems. But at the same time, uh, I reached a point where I realized how much I love some of the characters, and that just kind of pushed me forward, even though some of the narrative and visual elements I found to be kind of drab. Um, for me, uh, and I've, I've written about this a few times for the site, uh, I, I benefited from getting into video games as a whole uh, by my brother's influence, where he started playing Secret of Mana, Chrono Trigger, and Final Fantasy VI, which are kind of like the cream of the crop as far as JRPGs go, and probably uh, the pinnacle of the Squaresoft era for the Super Nintendo, certainly. Um, so going back and playing previous Final Fantasies was a bit of a different type of journey for me, uh, and certainly playing through the PlayStation era and then seeing the evolution in PS2 and PlayStation 3. PlayStation 3 I found to be kind of a, <laughs> a disappointment as far as evolution goes for the Final Fantasy series, but there's something about this series that just keeps me coming back. I always want to understand the plot lines, whether they make sense to me or not. I, I always want to see the cinematic qualities of these games and, and how they handle characters. And while I, in modern years, I find uh, Falcom games to be uh, more stimulating as far as um, my retro sensibilities go, I always want to keep tabs on where Square Enix is taking Final Fantasy. There's just something about Final Fantasy that surpasses... Uh, the Tales of series, or um, I, I suppose even uh, The Legend of Heroes to an extent for me, uh, certainly Star Ocean and that kind of thing. It, it's not just the lineage, it's not just the popularity, it's something about the way that they approach narratives and storytelling and character development that just, I always... I'm always curious if it's going to take things to the next level. And uh, in spite of its faults, Final Fantasy XV ultimately wasn't a disappointment to me. Uh, And I'm I'm actually really curious to hear what the rest of you think about Final Fantasy XV during this podcast. Scott and I haven't played it, so you're not going to get much into us. I can go ahead and say, you know, since I, you know, kind of reviewed this and was very adamant about how I feel about this game. Final Fantasy XV had issues. There's no doubt about it. There's some drama that went along with the development. There's tons of attachment that it still has to the Versus 13 name, despite the fact it is totally apart from whatever that was going to become, since that Versus 13 never really became anything. But there's still the stigma that's kind of attached to it for certain fans, and that's never really going to go away for certain people. But 15 did some things that I really enjoyed. The open world aspects of it, um, I enjoyed the questing. I enjoyed exploring the world. It wasn't, you know, the best open world I've ever experienced. 
There's others out there I've had more fun with, but it at least gave some, you know, a different feel from some of the other Final Fantasies. So that was nice. And I actually kind of enjoyed when it got a little bit more on rails and started getting some more narrative focus, even if it was kind of rushed. I I, I enjoyed some aspects of the game, and I, I thought it was great. I thought what they did with it could have been better. And I think anybody that really wants to pick the game apart would, would be justified in doing so. But I think that you've got to come at it with a mindset of, this game is what it is. The developers are still working on it, and there's plenty of people that will say, well, it's still basically an early access game because they're still doing so much tweaking to it and adding more content and doing new things to it. And you know what? So what? I would rather see in this day and age where we don't have just a cartridge that's pressed and that's all you ever get, I'd rather see something get improved than be left to flounder, or I'd rather see something get improved than to have a huge overcorrection like I think that's what happened with Final Fantasy 13 is there was so much backlash towards certain aspects of it that there was a huge overcorrection with 13-2 and then there was another huge overcorrection with Lightning Returns and they just could never come to terms with what they wanted that game to be and I would much rather see what they're doing with 15 and tweaking things and touching up things and making it more of what they want the true vision of the game to be and maybe eventually release a complete version that has you know more content in there has all the dlc kind of weaved in has it where you can control different characters more story things like that and yet it it may not be where it needs to be when it launched but i still enjoyed what i played and if it gets better it gets better what's wrong with that yeah well i i guess i i would agree with your points uh, about final fantasy 15 i think uh, I think the combat, the gameplay is solid. I think there's a solid base to work off of. Uh, and if you go digging, the lore is interesting. But the fact that you have to go digging for it is a huge problem in its own right. And the fact that so many narrative strands and characters are left just kind of hanging by the end of the game is a real tragedy. And you can tell that this game was rushed to some extent as well. Uh, it's good that they're working on it and trying to make it a more enjoyable experience, but the fact that I'm only seeing an improved version of Chapter 13, you know, uh, five or six months after the game actually released is is really sad in its own right, because a lot of people would have already played Chapter 13 by that point. But oh, yeah. I think I think to the same token, I, I would actually uh, challenge what you had said about Final Fantasy XIII because I feel like in a lot of ways, the way that they were trying to change the experience between Final Fantasy XIII and XIII-2 were a net positive. It's just in order to make XIII-2, they had to screw over a really tightly woven narrative uh, that was present in the first game. And the fact that thirteen two exists... Uh, by virtue of a retcon to the ending of the first game is is really tragic in its own right. <laughs> and to the same token, I guess you could argue that uh, Lightning Returns shouldn't exist. And in some ways, and I, I believe I wrote this in my review, it feels kind of like a fan fiction. But I guess at the same token, um, some of the gameplay systems, I feel like they had to experiment with in Lightning Returns in order to implement them in Final Fantasy XV. It's really weird how Final Fantasy XIII 
and versus 13 now final fantasy 15 have this kind of um contrast complementary relationship about them because they're just so disparate in so many different elements but uh i want to go back to something max said and i want to tie this to another idea is that for square enix square enix seems to have a trouble you know really letting go of this that it is it's their baby so much that everything you know they they're they're willing to spend nine years working on one title right and the fact that 15 is released on discs and it's still not done is this weird idea that maybe maybe they'll we're just transitioning to a world where final fantasy is released as living games right they need constant to be revisited constantly but it's also this weird idea that you know we we might not have ever see a final fantasy 16 that's really scary to me though like i part of the reason why i'm afraid of the episodic approach to final fantasy 7 is that you see these uh th- this kind of fractured evolution in like Sonic the Hedgehog 4 Episode 1 and Episode 2, you know, mm-hmm. where, where, where they implemented all of these gameplay mechanics and then they realized based on reception that it lacked fluidity or it, it lacked uh, enjoyability. So they, they adjusted certain physics, they adjusted user interface, they, they changed the dynamic or the flow of the environments themselves, which is fine. I understand you taking a criticism and using it. I admire that to an extent, actually. But the changes between episode one and episode are so, episode two are so different that they feel like completely different experiences, right? So my fear is that if episode one of Final Fantasy VII, the remake, for instance, is released and there is negative criticism towards it, instead of making direct adjustments to episode one, they're just going to implement these changes in episode two. And then you can't put episode one and episode two and episode three and episode four on one Blu-ray disc and sell it as a package to people because it isn't a package. It's, you know, four different experiences that don't really flow. There's there's mm-hmm. this jankiness to them. And that's my worst fear. You know, say what you will about the translation issues with Seven or how blocky the characters look or or how um, obtuse the story can be at times. There's a it, flow to the game. It's a complete yeah, It was still experience. a complete experience. Exactly. Oh, I, I'm with you 100% on that because that is one of the biggest fears I have too. And I'm still not totally convinced since this game is far, far from being done. I'm still not totally convinced that that's the actual route they're going to take. I know what they've said. I know the statements that have been made. And I know it kind of makes sense from a development standpoint to do so. But I still don't really think when it come, when rubber meets the road and they actually get into the development that they will release in episodes like this. Yeah, no. Well, I think I think it's just this weird idea that, you know, that this as much as yeah, this is their special snowflake franchise that can do no wrong and can take forever, but you know, screw the guys that made a perfectly good Hitman game. Um I, it's so weird that Final Fantasy Final Fantasy can hit a major anniversary and what we're getting is um another Dissidia? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, oh. Like I mean, it's weird to think that you know, and I mean, we're seeing this a bit from a from a few other Japanese companies where the 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 year the big year hits and it's well, 
yeah, yeah, we don't we don't get a Metroid or we don't get a you know, we don't get anything beyond hey, here's here's just a little press conference and our artist drew this postcard, please enjoy. We got Dragon Quest Heroes 2 for their anniversary. Well, we'll also do a podcast <laughs> well, about it, Dragon Quest anniversary. I, I, <laughs> I'm just pointing I feel that like out. That kind of makes sense. That that kind of makes sense though, doesn't it? Like like Dissidia, for for what it's worth, is like an ensemble cast of characters from throughout. Oh no, the Final no, Dissidia is a great thing to in, release in ways, on this on this kind it of is year. A celebration of the Final Fantasy series, and it's it's certainly in meant the most for obtuse way possible. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I, it's it's definitely a niche audience game. I, I'm no fan of the Dissidia games myself. I find the combat to be somewhat grating, to be honest, but. I, I feel like I'm inevitably going to pick it up because I'm such a slave to Final Fantasy that I just can't bear to not own a game that features my favorite protagonists, right? Uh, th- but what both of you just said just nails it right on the head is that, yeah, it's 30th anniversary, and if you remember, the original Dissidia was part of the campaign for the 20th anniversary. Yep. Oh, yes, wow. it has been that long. We've That's been what working the here too long. Dissidia game was a part of. And let's celebrate this two-decade, now three-decade-long role-playing game series with a weird fighting game. And That's- I mean... That's like saying, you know what, Street Fighter is coming up on their anniversary, let's make a visual novel. You know, okay. I, I want to see what Ken and Ryu are going to do, and we're going to have it as a visual novel, and I think it would be the greatest thing ever. And I would play it. it I, could, I it hope Bison be. notices me. I would play it. I would play it so hard. Can I have I that know. game? Can I have that game? Okay. Also, as- also, Mac, do you remember the first year you and I went to Run to the Sun together? We played Dissidia, remember? Yes. And I remember and beating I, I all I remember y'all going, asses. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, like this is it. And I mean, uh, it it it's weird to think about this anniversary coming and going. And you know, they've done big projects to celebrate particular games. There was the compilation of Final Fantasy VII, which was this two year crazy thing where we got a movie and more games and stuff. And here we're we're on you know thirty years for the whole franchise, and we've got. What I guess is maybe the worst version of the Cydia coming out. Yeah. Or like the most, the least extravagant version. How about that? Is Is it really fair to say that without having any firm details? I I, I think by the People that have played the arcade version say this one is better than the others. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll have to wait until the end of the Sony conference before we can make any definitive statements on the, the quality of the new Dissidia for PlayStation 4. But you know... Just to kind of go about this in a, a different direction, I do think it's a little disappointing, though, that this is what we're getting for 30 years of Final Fantasy. If only because, you know what, I feel like there are other ways to be celebrating that 30 years. You know, the fact mm-hmm. that fans do a better job of going out there and having these celebrity celebratory events, you know, like the yearly five-job fiesta and stuff like that. It's like Square Enix could be taking advantage of those things. Um, for their anniversaries, just to make them a little extra special. So the fact that they don't, kind of, I've always found a little strange. Um, Especially given, like, Dragon Quest is the opposite. The Dragon Quest team always goes insanely all out in a lot of the different things that they do. Um, So it's just, to me, like, it's like, it's the same company, I realize that, and I realize, like, those are two slightly different studios. But it's like, Dragon Quest 30 years, you know, we get a new Musou game, plus, like, 
you know, pretty console stuff and that was exclusive to Japan and whatever. Whereas I just feel like just Dissidia alone is like, it's kind of like, here you go, have Dissidia. And like, you know, I don't find we'll, that exciting. We'll, 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 we'll release another Final Fantasy with a number in but, five years. But to me, it, like, you know, when you hit a milestone like that, it should be more exciting and it should be eye catching and you should be excited. And I don't know, like, I've been more excited reading Max, you know, little installments every week about his journey than I have been about anything Square Enix has actually talked about for the 30th anniversary. Because I don't feel like um, it's it's out there enough. Yeah, there there isn't anything. There hasn't been really anything at all. And unless this E3 here that's going to happen in the next, like, 10 minutes is going <laughs> to come up and sit and say, hey, we really do have something, here it is then that's what we've got. We've got Dissidia, and you know what? We're still waiting on Final Fantasy VII Remake, and Square Enix is still wasting their time with Kingdom Hearts. And, you know, sorry. Wasting their time. <laughs> yeah, well, well making wasting, tons of money. Wasting our time. How I think about is that? their true baby, because they seem to do so well with that series, despite the fact it's... Oh, sorry, I'm trying not to be negative. Well. It's flaming garbage. Um, <laughs> but, you know, other than that, that that do something, you know, make a Final Fantasy game that's an RPG. You know, make a tactic style game that brings that all isn't these on a phone. together. That, yeah. You know, I don't want to you'll, you'll, you'll never get another Final Fantasy Tactics game. It's not Make me a non-digital well, they did, board like, tactics game. Advance. If they can do a tactics advance with all of those characters brought together, it's not like I'm asking for Matsuno to come back and do an amazing tactics too, because that will never happen. <laughs> If that ever happens, you know, I'll eat a cup. Yeah. And so many people have been saying that recently and getting screwed over. I'm afraid of actually saying that on recording. <laughs> I want a Final Fantasy board game. Yeah, it's like... Because I feel like that would be creative. The series. Let's see Final Fantasy 16. Let's see it, and let's see it not just be a teaser trailer for something that's in development, you know, air quotes, that will be out sometime in, you know, the Five PlayStation 6's lifespan. You know, do something real. Do something. Let's get these development cycles under control and let's make it happen. Get back to the love, baby. Get back to the love that I had for it. Give us some creativity. So, Mac, I'm not getting my boy's love version of Final Fantasy VIII. Otome Uh game. It would make more sense than some of the things we've seen. Yeah. I'm just saying, I could come up with a billion concepts for how to make Final Fantasy's 30th anniversary better than what Square Enix Mm. is doing. Well, even, and even I'm, just I realize literally, that I'm an asshole saying this. No, I'm going to say literally nope. a box set would be cool, right? Oh my god, yes! Or like a soundtrack box set. Yeah. Well, that's what has been teased. Well, that, that well, was to, the... to be fair, both of those things exist, but only in Japan. Yeah. I'm just well, saying. If you, if you follow the rumor mill, that was the one thing that was teased back in December of last year, was a Final Fantasy 30th anniversary collection that was coming out for playstation 4 and the, the one thing that made it seem not realistic at all was apparently somebody said it was also going to come to vita <laughs> oh. um, and it was including you know emulated and translated versions or whatever of final fantasy even, 1 through 6 even just repackaging the updated the phone PS4 versions or style versions like they did with 7 for 7 8 and 9 uh, the HD remaster of 10, having 12 Zodiac Edition, having PS4 versions of all three Final Fantasy 
13 games, you know, all of that. And it, it just seems too good well, to be true, but that would at least be something fans would want. Well, even, even know, a couple of compilations. Even a couple of I compilations. Would, I would be surprised if they did release HD versions of uh, Final Fantasy 13, 13 2, and Lightning Returns, just based on what they've been doing on Steam lately. But I think yeah. the idea of a complete collection box set is dreamy and technicolor. Well, it, it'd be like yeah. 400 bucks, right? I could right? be proved wrong, but I don't think it's realistic for North America. Well, and that, and, yep, yep. and this is it, is this is, this is the JRP, and the, the thing we've said before is that this is the JRPG that everyone pays attention to, whether they should or not, right? And mm-hmm. not, not slam dunking on insert least favorite Final Fantasy here, but just maybe boost the, the good, you know, boost up a good JRPG franchise you feel doesn't get enough love. But the, this is the JRPG franchise that the world watches. Even if you're not a fan of RPGs, Final Fantasy means something, even to people who don't even play video games. Come on, it's it's the only properly named uh, video game to be referenced on Two and a Half Men. It's also been on Jeopardy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just pointing that out, that, that you know, Two and a Half Men, the, the guys play video game. But, you know, there's the episode where the, the kid wants Final Fantasy, and that's a whole episode. That this, you know, they felt the need to get that one right for whatever reason, sure. and and it's so weird to have this come up and us to get a little reflective about it, and Mac to even go on a full on game trip and maybe learn something about what makes Final Fantasy tick, and for the yeah. company to not to just to just go meh. I still want World mm-hmm. of Square Enix because the idea of Chibi Action Jensen. Hacking people's emails would make me so happy. <laughs> you know, and then Chibi Hitman, you go around making grumpy well, faces. Well, Square Enix doesn't own Hitman anymore. That's true, they don't, but they, they it would have been cute to have his grumpy little face. Well, I want to know something. I, I want to know something from each of you. What would you like to see from the next Final Fantasy? Boobs. Mm, boobs would be nice. <laughs> okay, I was joking about that, but thanks, Scott. Uh, what would I like to see? Uh, well, honestly, I'd like to see it come out in under three years of work, right? Uh, well, Pipe other dream. than that, okay, because, to ask yes, for something that, possible. That should go without saying, even though it has to go with saying, unfortunately. So, that's a pipe dream. So, to ask for something that is possible, I would say, um, I, uh, I think I would say, you know, maybe something a little little more throwback like another another nine where it is deliberately thrown back to the old school and yeah that that's me but that that's what i would want right can it be in like mm-hmm. glorious 16-bitness oh i doubt that uh i think i think it'd be you know you know an obscene we build our own animation engine and handcraft every fine detail uh sort of labor of love that you know they like to do worst birthday ever <laughs> If I'm being All honest... Right. Instead of, you know, what we expect, what would you just... I mean, dream big. What would you most enjoy seeing? Because I know exactly what I'd say. I would sit and just say, if you want to do a new Final Fantasy, I want to take things from Final Fantasy 10 
through 15 and I want to combine different things. I actually had a weird dream about this the other day and it was, it was crazy because it took like the job class system from final fantasy 14, the MMO, some of the jobs from 11, which I still love that job system. Forget the fact they're MMOs. I'd love to see those jobs brought into characters that were unique, like, you know, six and nine and four had, so you had those characters, you got those in, and you were bringing those into a game where you had unique characters that had their own job class, that had their own, you know, style and design to them. They weren't just, you know, make them whatever you want to make them blank slates. So, boom. Just great stuff right there. It would be fantastic, and it would also have, you know, Final Fantasy XII's Gambit system. But, you know, I think... That would be something I would just love to see. Just fantastic. I want Final Fantasy Guardian Force. I would like a game about the Guardians. Because I think that would be fun and different. Hmm. That is interesting. Like, and I feel like you could spin that in so many different ways. Um, Like, you could make it a tactical game. You could make it um, old school ATB. Well, I think even something, maybe getting into a 30th anniversary fan service sort of mode. A, a greatest hits, like an all-star team, where it is a game about... No, we, we grabbed a bunch of the cool characters, one cool character from every game, and it is an RPG where they have to fight, So you, you know, want Dragon Quest heroes, but with Final Fantasy well, characters, I, I don't not necessarily, using Musou-style gameplay. I, don't, I don't, definitely don't want a Musou, but I do want, like, hey, let's bend these worlds around each other and... You know, have some crystals ruining everything, and, and, and not, then you have to wreck them back. And not Kingdom Hearts way. <laughs> yeah, not not Kingdom Hearts ish. Not like running around and and not like you know, World of Final Fantasy themed lever. Not not like themed levels. Just like hey, let's let's get the the dream team. Everyone picks. You know, you know, everyone picks one character from, or the the team picks one character from each game that they feel can highlight and bounce off other ones in an interesting way. My dream team would have Rydia on it. I'm just saying. Because yes, I know Mac agrees with me on that. Yeah, because hell yeah, yes indeed. But what about? But what of uh, filthy multitasking Keistus? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> For, from my perspective, I guess one of the things I like the most about Final Fantasy is how unexpected each iteration tends to be. Uh, I guess my only hope for the future is that we don't go down the road of having a season one or a season season two of a final fantasy game because yep. in spite of uh, square enix's recent departure from the io format of uh the hitman series i know that they've expressed interest in taking this uh, episodic approach to their games and then continuing to improve on them and i'm sure there's some free of merit in that approach but I, I really do appreciate the concept of complete experiences even if they're imperfect experiences uh, and above that, I really like the fact that each Final Fantasy, for better or worse, just tends to be different in its own way. You know, they each have their own identity, um, as opposed to like a, like a like a Tales game, where you know certain Tales games feel like other Tales games. There 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 are a few disparate elements of Final Fantasy that feel like other games, but I, I can't really say any one Final Fantasy is exactly like another Final Fantasy, and there's something really nice to that. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think... It's very true. All right, so I, I think that is 
really what we have to say about the 30th anniversary of Final Fantasy and what it means to us. And before we move on, I should say that, of course, for you, dear listener, Gamefly does offer a premium free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service through uh, GameflyOffer.com slash RPGamer. That's 8,000 games to choose from, streaming straight to your smart TV or a set-top box, including the one they make themselves. And this time around, we're going to recommend any Final Fantasy. I think Gamefly offers anything from 13 and up. Actually, it definitely does. It definitely offers anything from 13 and up. You should try them out. Uh, of course, you are Tell us why totally throw some comments in the comment hole about what it means to you. Because uh, we, don't, we, we, we like comments. We don't get enough of them. But we're going to talk about what we were talking about yesterday, uh, last episode, where we um, broke down how we do a whole review, start to finish. And uh, Disa um, thought it was an Disa. Disa, sup, girl. Oh, uh, Disa. She she uh, took a moment to thank us and thought it was interesting to hear us explain how this all works. Um, she had her own idea about what constitutes originality in our own little sub clauses. And she she has a question for us, uh, which you know didn't go to wheels at uh, at rpgamer.com. I'm not sure how that happened, but uh, the the next four job fiesta is coming up in in a few days. Uh, you guys playing? I should. That should, should be not. one of my things. I never have before, and I'm not a huge Final Fantasy V fan, but I should play that. I feel like I should as part of my journey. I think that would be appropriate for you, just because. It's... I need a new GBA though. Oh boo. Oh. That part is less good then, right? But I mean, yeah. you can register a run, and like that's kind of fun. I, I've never done this, actually. We have a copy of 5 on GBA, correct, sir? Um, we you, do. You can check the box. If not... Um, I can get it on Steam. It's on Steam. It's on your phone. Yeah. It, like, it's it's you, hard to say. Like, there there would have been a time where I would have said Final Fantasy V is the best on GBA, just because of how much it crashes on the PlayStation version. Yeah. Um, but the the audio on Final Fantasy V GBA is so bit-crushed. It's so lacking as compared to the original release. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like uh, it would probably be better on PC than any other platform today. Yeah. Also, I, even with that horrible... Even with the horrible character design redos, yeah, the redos. Yeah, you know, even even with the uh, the new icons uh, for mobile phones, which I can't say really, I dig. <laughs> I, I don't really like them at all. I feel like in some ways they're uh, an affront to the original designs. But e- even then, I mean, it's it's probably one of the better translations that's available and it would have one of the better soundtracks certainly uh that being said when it comes to final fantasy 5 i feel like i played that game more out of obligation and um as much as i appreciate the ability to use more than one class's ability at once uh outside of the job system there really isn't a lot to that game that's really endearing you know that the, the plot is one of the weaker Final Fantasy games, for sure. Yeah. Also, here here's, I guess, my question That's... is, why didn't the Wonder Swan color 
come over to America. Because that would have been too it, cool. It, it would have failed. It would have failed so hard. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it would have. And, and I've thought about collecting a Wonderswan crystal and uh, the collection of Final Fantasy 1 and 2, along with a few other games. There was a Mega Man game that was released for it that was pretty top tier. Uh, but the thing about the Wonderswan is that it's it has such a unique ergonomic design that I don't think out of principle it would have ever caught on over here if it even was released. And there's something charming to it that it never was released in North America, you know? I mean, I, mean, I realize it mm-hmm. didn't exactly do all that great in Japan either, but it, every time yeah, it yeah. comes up, it looks nifty. Yeah, well, in the same way, in the same way a Neo Geo Pocket Color still looks nifty today. <laughs> like, uh. you, you know that this system is kind of a failure in its own right, but it has a few neat games, and if you were to pull it out of your pocket, you know... People would be like, "Oh, what's that? That seems weird." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think we, as a uh, podcast, it, as a side note, if anyone ever feels interested in donating to me, oh yeah, uh, if you've a got a pocket color or a Wonder Swan crystal, uh, my yeah, my if, email if, is instatrent at rpgamer.com. Yeah, if, if you've just so got four Wonder Swans <laughs> kicking around that you don't know what to do with, we'll we'll, we'll make sure I you can get a one, mailing address for us. But no longer. So sad. I do truthfully think as a group, we should do the five job fiesta and then do an episode about our failures and or successes. Ooh, that's kind of a neat idea. I, cause I'm, I'm willing to give it a go if, you know, others are willing to help me push through it. Cause five is a tricky one for me. I want my GBA then. I need to get me my GBA SP fixed and do that. Yes. I, I'm there. Here's the thing, Sam. I don't think I don't think that it would work out well for you. And I say that because uh, even some of the, the, the easier a... to receive Final Fantasy games, they're really not up your style. Dear, uh, Dear. Final Fantasy V, from a character development perspective, Dear. from a narrative flow perspective, uh, it's a really dense Final Fantasy, and it doesn't do much with anything that is provided. It just focuses on the combat and uh, the the party development system, the, the the ability to change jobs. And if you're really interested in that, if you really liked changing jobs in Final Fantasy Tactics, you might appreciate it. But I think that you would be as aggravated with it as you have been with other Final Fantasies. And I would also make the point that I have no interest in returning to Final Fantasy V. <laughs> and I am an ardent defender of this franchise. Trent, honey, bunny, just wanted to let you know. I've I actually understand beat- where you're coming from. Ah, guys, I've actually but beaten this one. Sam has you- beaten this. Yes, I've actually beaten this one. I actually Yay! don't mind it. That's why we kept the GBA card and why she didn't I like, have a throw total, it into a volcano or I something. I have a total mad love for Ferris. <laughs> so, I want to hang out with Farish. She's Lady Pirate. <laughs> like, she's actually probably oh, yeah. one of my favorite Final Fantasy characters because she's Lady and Pirate. Two of my favorite things. Alright, but that's an episode. <laughs> you can always uh, let us know what you think and tell your friends and all that good stuff. In the meantime, uh, visit rpgamer.com for more things. And go watch <laughs> the Sony presser! Although it it'll is. be over yeah. when you get the two two weeks late. You should you should sit on it till we say so. <laughs> two weeks after the fact. Especially because we won't have warned you not to watch it until you start two weeks after the fact. <laughs> hey, they just announced Undertale for PS4 and Vita. 
Ooh. Huzzah. I won't play that one again, mind you, but, nope. you know, good for the ones who haven't played it yet. I'm just more shocked that they announced anything for Vita. They said the word Vita at, also, a, at a press more conference. more Horizon! More yeah. Horizon! The Active Topical Banter Show is an RP Gamer production. Visit rpgamer.com for past episodes, comments, sections, other great podcasts, as well as piles upon piles of written content. All music is courtesy of ocremix.com, composed by Nobuo Oimatsu. Thank you for listening. You know how I hate Final Fantasy making me talk about it? Yep, 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 yep. It's like you do this on purpose. It's the 30th anniversary. We gotta do something. No, we don't. Yeah, we do. We didn't do anything for Dragon Quest. We can still do something for Dragon Quest. Oh, I've beat them. I'm just replaying all of them this year in some some form or fashion. Not I, I, I went through a period back in, I want to say 2012, where I was coming off of a serious relationship, and I needed something to kind of distract me, so I figured I'd play through the Final Fantasy series, oh. and I played uh, Final Fantasy 1 and 2 on PSP, and I played Final Fantasy 3 on DS, Final Fantasy 4, the complete collection on PS3. Final Fantasy V on GBA, Final Fantasy VI on Super Nintendo, Final Fantasy VII, eight, nine on PS1, uh, Final Fantasy X and twelve on PS2, uh, and then obviously thirteen. The whole trilogy I just kind of played as it as it kind of came out. Um, I still really haven't invested a lot of time into Final Fantasy XI, and I know there are a lot of people out there who really like Final Fantasy XI, and I have a deep respect for that. And I but, think we should uh, save this like all for the show. Today, you know? Well, I'll, I can definitely say I love Final Fantasy XI. I could never recommend Final Fantasy XI yesterday, today, tomorrow, any time like that. It's it's an impossible recommendation. But yeah. I, have a, I have a serious love for the game that I cannot explain. And I also have 32 ounces of caffeine-free diet uh, Coke in me right now. And are we recording already? Yes. My mind is like, have we started this podcast? And are we recording already? Yes. My mind is like, have we started this podcast? We have not. We are. I mean, we may be recording. I just mean, are are we like? Has the podcast started? And Sam is Sam's doing that thing where she's pretending to be asleep because she hates the topic and hates me and hates you. Oh my gosh, Sam. I'm actually sleepy. Yeah, you just have to play the part of the person who doesn't want to fall in the mainstream trap I'm of liking sleepy. Final Fantasy, right? The I next episode's Atelier Games. So. <laughs> 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 I I had a busy day today, and I have it's, a busy it's gonna, week. It's going to be an hour and a half of me dry heat. Are my co-hosts? I'm sleepy. Sam. I'm Sam. Oh. So hold yeah, on like, second. is my mic dead legit? Maybe. I can hear you. Okay, that's fine then. You're just rude. <laughs> yeah. I can hear you now, at least. Okay. Yeah. I guess so. I guess it's time to unmute this and...
carry on. Do we have any feedback? Buddies. So what? Do we have feedback? We did it. <laughs> D- Disa asked us questions about but, but, Five Job Fiesta. Which is how we got started. Ah, uh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> You're so cute, friend. It was a weird transition, because I have, I have had trouble hearing like, Scott and Sam on and off 